Hi, uh, welcome to a special Warner Archive Collection podcast focusing on Legion of Superheroes. I'm D.W. Ferranti. I'm Matt Patterson. And we have some special guests in the studio today. Why don't you introduce yourselves, special guests? Uh, I'm Kari Walgren. I was the voice of uh, Saturn Girl, Triplicate Girl, Shrinking Violet, and Infectious Lass, among others. Yes. (laughs) And I'm James Tucker. I was the uh, producer of this series, uh, Legion of Superheroes. And I'm Brandon Vietti. I was the director for the second season of Legion. Mm -hmm. Briefly, for those who don't know, and shame on you if you don't, who are the Legion of Superheroes? They are a group of superpowered teenagers who are the best from each of their planets. They join forces to make a... uh, the superhero group that patrols the universe in the 30th century. They're basically a 4-H club with superpowers. And this show initially came out about 15 years ago? Yes, seems like it. Yes. (laughs) No, yes, it was... um, You develop it at a certain time, but when it actually goes on the air is like sometimes a a year later. So yeah, but I would say 15 years ago. We'll say that. Now, clearly, when you watch the show and... After you listen to this, of course, you're going to get it either on DVD or Blu-ray. It's up to you, but you should get the Blu-ray because there will be a surprise commentary on it. There's clearly a a number of huge legion of superheroes fans worked on this show because you guys, as you kind of do all the time, you work in a lot of the lore and the myth, but you also give it its own spin. In many ways, the show comes off as, as the real passion project. Who was the big legion lover or were all of you? I read The Legion when I was a kid, and um, I think every comic book fan has read The Legion at some point. It's just one of those rites of passage. You read The Legion for a little while. And so I, I read The Legion for about 10 years of, of my development you know, as a fan. And so I went through a lot of eras. And so I knew a lot about them, and I learned a lot more once I was doing this series because I had to do, do my research. The thing about The Legion is there's many iterations of The Legion. And there's different versions, and the, the, within the fandom, there's different factions that love pr- different eras. And it's just one of those kind of properties that has a lot of nuance. It's very sprawling. The job I had was to synthesize the best of, of, from all those eras and pick and choose which things would work for the show the best. Legion was, uh, the series was my introduction, really. I was familiar mm-hmm. with the, the Legion. I'd been collecting comics, but I just wasn't collecting Legion. Mm-hmm. But I had read some stories with them, but really I think I got to know them through the series, working on it with you and, and Michael Jelenic. When I look at this, I see a lot of space. You know, now the show before this was Justice League Unlimited, right? Yeah. In 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 the era of these shows, and, and that was not nearly as spacey. Although there was plenty of space in that show. I guess there was. Mm-hmm. See, I'm trying to sort of put this together, but what I like about this, and if some listeners haven't seen it, it's more like a Star Trek adventure or something with, with superheroes. There's which, a real space opera feel to it, which is also sort of baked into the comics were originally written by uh, Otto Binder and Edmund Hamilton, who are old pulp science fiction writers before a young 13-year-old kid named James Shooter sort of brought the Legion into the form that, through iterations, we know it now. Yeah, that was what I was reading. The later iteration was what I read. And uh, we took a lot of cues from that era. Right. No, and you can tell. I mean, both both in terms of uh, design and story and, like, in season one when you guys do the Legion of Substitute Heroes episode. And (laughs) if you're a Legion fan and you love the subs... More than the Legion, yeah. but but that audition <laughs> scene with Porcupine Pete and an Infectious Last, I was like, I have that comic. 
that was probably one of my favorite that episodes was, that we did. Yeah. It just made me laugh. Yeah, it was hysterical. And you appropriately shoehorned Matter Eater Lad into that episode, who is, we all know, the best Legionnaire ever. I remember the record of that was crazy, too, because uh, the lead villain, was his name was Starfinger, and he was played by the late Taylor Negron. Do you remember that record? Uh, I'm trying to remember it. It was bananas. <laughs> he he's very very he's funny. Very I used to yeah. go see him do stand up live all the time, and it was I love the humor in those. And substitute heroes is of course where I naturally gravitate. I don't mm. because I relate to that. Yeah, right? that would be a series on its own. Yeah, like, it could easily have been a spinoff. But uh, well, I'm glad that Super Pets is finally getting its due. No. But I Speaking of super, Sorry, yeah. just for the neophytes out there, Legion of Superheroes is very specifically tied into the mythology of Superman. Yes. In both the original comics and then in the show, they're an integral part of his transition from being boy to man. And he gets to vacation a thousand years in the future, because why wouldn't you? And we wanted that element in, in the first season primarily. That kind of idea of him hanging out with teens like him and having that sense of escape from his where he's misunderstood on Earth, but he's he's finally accepted among these other kids that are like him. Mm. We definitely accepted, leaned, like celebrated, celebrated like, because yeah, yeah he the whole Legion was inspired by right, his and he he doesn't know how great he is, so it's kind right. of embarrassing to him a little bit that they think he's all this, and he he doesn't even know who he is yet. So that was a, definitely a big element for season one. And then it all went dark. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, uh, it goes a little dark at the end of season one. I don't want to spoil anything, but you guys do a riff on one of the, the most famous Legion stories of all time, and there's quite a bit of sacrifice there. We sort of segue into the dark parts of season two with the end of season one. Well, good thing this is a complete series on Blu-ray. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Previously, there was only season one on DVD, so you couldn't even get season two on disc which will be remedied. Do you think that this is enough for people? Like, do you think that there'll be so? Why don't we ask everybody their favorite thing about it so we can really sell it? That's a great idea. Brandon, what was your favorite part? Honestly, the stories. Like I said, I, I read some Legion comics. I was a big Star Trek fan. I loved DC superheroes. So, you know, all of these things were kind of converging in this show. And coming into it and kind of learning more about each of the individual characters, but how they were presented in the sci-fi stories that James and Michael Jelenic had, came up, had come up with really pulled me in and really got me invested in, I mean, not just the show, but the, the Legion itself. That's, I think, was my big takeaway for years. It's what I've talked about when talking about the Legion. I'm like, these are some of the best science fiction stories that I've gotten to work on. I thought you guys really like just embrace that fusion of, you know, superhero stories, you this space opera, as you mentioned earlier, but just great sci-fi ideas. I think great, great sci-fi is, you know, taking something average, but exploring it in a super way uh, that's beyond the scope of uh, the natural world around us. And you guys really seized on these grand cosmic ideas and futuristic technologies as a backdrop and part of the, the textures of the stories that you were telling. And that really grew the characters and, and made for, I think, a, a different and unique superhero show than all the other superhero shows we've been making at Warner Brothers. Kari, what, what was your favorite part? I mean, like, which superhero of the many that you did would you want to be? Maybe Triplicate Girl. 
just because sometimes there's so much going on in a day that right. it would be really nice <laughs> right. to have a, a couple more for, <laughs> copies of myself to get things done. Because right now you're also shopping and doing taxes. Yeah, as long as I have one to sit in traffic for me. That's, that's all I want, really. But, yeah, no, it was, it, I, it was just such a fun process. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how the cast just really gelled and was very close and, and very compatible during the recording process. So I just think what Brandon was saying, that it, it took good characters and good storylines and just fleshed them out with this amazing artwork and just direction for the whole series. And uh, I'm just sad we didn't do more. <laughs> well, you've got these two wonderful seasons now available on DVD. And, and I'm just going to say, in the su- time subsequent to Legion of Superheroes, a number of you guys who worked on the show have gone on to do other shows that have gotten far bigger recognition. But if you're a fan of Young Justice and you haven't checked out Legion, you're, you're not doing yourself a service. You really should go back and check and, this out. And Teen Titans. And Teen Titans. I and, mean, this and heck, even snack. Teen Titans Go. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Michael Jelnick's input. So it's all connected. There's just a, <laughs> a, a few less songs about food. And <laughs> if you're interested in the comics, they just recently control. relaunched the comics. So make your way to a comic book store and hop on the Legion Cruiser. Yeah. The, the Kel-El character, though, is so unique. I mean, you can, I think you can only see that character in Legion of Superheroes, this show. That was a unique character. That yeah, he was, that out. was, and that's probably my takeaway from working on the show was being able to create a unique character who's not found in the comic books at all, and try to make him as relevant. And, right, and it and still feels like he, he does. Be. Right. Yeah. 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 He brings an interesting texture to the show. I mean, you you tune into Legion. I think you you somewhat, ex- especially if you're a fan, you expect you're going to see some Superboy stuff here or there. But this is. A, a whole spin on that that I don't think people will expect and it, it's it's an edgier darker Superman and, and sometimes you that can be a trope maybe in some shows where oh, let's let's throw the character in but edgy and dark yeah. but I think you guys really made it interesting and it plays into the story and other characters bounce off of this character and there's real depth and growth to the character and I think yeah. it's just interesting to see a dark version of Superman I think I think there's I think everybody's always interested in that because he is the the, the Boy Scout Right. True Blue, and to see a, another version of that uh, served up in a science fiction way in the Legion, it's just, it, it's a good marriage. If you want to see a lighter version of Batman, we suggest you check out Batman Brave of the Bold. <laughs> <laughs> that is also available on Blu-ray. I don't know if you people listening to this are familiar with the fact that we sell Blu-rays, but we do, and we suggest picking this one up. All right, well, that's all the time we have for today. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, Thank you guys very much for coming in. Long live the Legion. Long live the Legion.